And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is back in session, here for a very special Graduation 2023 edition episode. This is my top 23 songs of 2023, and as you can clearly see, I have a very special guest with me. He is the owner, the creator, the host of Frequency Studios. Make sure you follow him on TikTok. Link is in the description. He has some unbelievable content. I've personally got a lot of great recommendations from this man. I'd like to welcome Frankie to the show, and he's got a list of 23 songs as well that he's going to share along with me. So, What's up? What's up, everybody? <laughs> I'm doing all right, Mike. I appreciate the dope intro. Really excited to be on with you. I love your content as well, especially the interviews. Your interviews are fire. Um, I've been following you for a little while now, and yeah, I'm just hyped to be here, hyped to talk about some dope music. Um, it's always yeah. great to like just jump on these platforms and have like an actual conversation because like TikTok can feel a little one-sided sometimes. So it'll be dope just to like talk it out a little bit. No, a hundred percent. And I felt the same way about you and your platform, like coming onto you in the last maybe like six months or so. Really, like I've I've lo- I love your. I think we had this talked about a lot about this on the phone. Just mm-hmm. I think how you're so well spoken and how you talk about music. And I also just genuinely have a lot of like hot takes that I you agree with happen like yeah. I'll be like thinking about something and it's almost like <laughs> Frank Frankie just shows up on my feed and with with that you know with that take Hell specifically yeah. the one about lists coming out too early hate that so shit yeah <laughs> hate that shit because you're just yeah. missing out on so much dope content you know what I mean like I mean I I wasn't in love with the Nicki Minaj album but it very well could have been an amazing it could have been a top 10 album you know what I mean so it's kind of weird yeah. for it not to be involved you know it's not like it wasn't announced so yeah and and just having SZA and all these like number one spots like she deserves the number one spot it's a great album but that didn't come out this year and it's it might be just like the tediousness of me and just like I like to be so structured it's like it has a two you know it doesn't have a three like I I don't know (laughs) it's an even number it's a a different year exactly I I get the I get the um like the argument necessarily of like you know, it came out so late in, tw- in 2022, you're probably most likely going to get most of its replayability in mm-hmm. 2023. So I kind of understand it from that perspective. But, you know, I think you had said, like, I think there was a TikTok you had you had done where somebody put out like a, a list in November and it's like, right, like, we have a whole month of December to go. It's like kind of crazy. Yeah. But yeah. so I'm glad I have someone on the show that <laughs> shares that and that with me. Of course, as you're watching this, this list is in 2024 because it is now 2024 and these songs are our favorites from 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I quickly, just for the people, I want um, I want to ask you a couple of questions just about frequency before we get into the lists. Sure thing. So curious, because you said you had started this as a podcast and now it's more of a short form content style on mostly TikTok. I know you have an Instagram as well, but I think a lot of your your audience lives and breathes in, in on TikTok. So mm-hmm. um, I'm curious for you, like how do you come about like sort of want, like do, do you have like a list of different albums or songs that you want to review in a week? Like, do you have a schedule or is it more just one of those things of like, as the wind blows, like, I just want to enjoy, you know, music. And when it comes upon me and I feel excited to listen to it and talk about it, I'll do that. So kind yeah, of which man. is it? 
Great question. It's evolved over time. Like initially for the podcast, I was doing like, I have these particular albums. I want to talk about them. I want to talk about them before, you know, the end of the week, because, you know, it's such a recent album and I want people to like care to hear about my opinion at the time. And then over time, I kind of gave less of a shit about like timing and things like that and just started kind of gravitating towards talking about things that I just feel like talking about at the moment. Oftentimes it's albums because that's just how I personally consume music. I've just never really been like a playlist guy. Um, I'm just more of like an album consumer. Not really sure why. I think I used to buy albums. I think I just really, my dad used to own a CD store. So I think I got partial to like listening to CDs all the way through. Um, So I kind of just like talk about things as I feel like talking about them. I have structures like, oh, favorite albums from November and things like that. But I'm even thinking about moving away from that. And just kind of being more casual with it because at the end of the day, it's easier to just kind of talk about things as they happen and as you feel passionate about them as opposed to having some sort of structure, which, you know, throughout my life, I've been a structured guy. So, like, it's almost been uncomfortable moving in that direction. But now I'm coming to realize that that direction might actually just be more authentic. And I think authenticity tends to, you know, favor, like, you and your public persona. So... You know, that's how I've been doing it as of late. How about yourself, though? Like, how do you how do you come up with your content? Is it usually just the interview stuff or are you also like are you very um, calculated with the way that you approach things? Yeah, I think I think I I, I kind of feel a little bit the same as you um, in terms of the interviews there. I definitely um, I like to have a healthy balance of, you know, I have some things I've prepped questions. I've prepped things I right. want to like ask. Um, and I have a structure to my show um, for anybody that hasn't heard it. But, um, you know, most of the time um, I like to have a healthy combination of enough prep work, but enough like like open breathing room for some of that authenticity. Mm-hmm. But then some of the short form stuff that you see, like I have a couple of series like um, songs from independent artists you may never heard of. Like I do sort of that right. thing. I, I throw in a couple of songs here. But even that, I wouldn't say is super structured. Like sometimes I'll just – I'll bring a couple of ch- – this is kind of a little insight here. I'll bring a couple of change of clothes if I'm like, you know, if I got an hour or so, like, you know, where I'm off on the stu- in the studio, I'm not really, like, doing much. Chairs like Lily right there. Just mm-hmm. prop up my, uh, my tripod, throw my phone on it, and I'll just, like – you know, record that a couple of times. And then when I feel inspiration of like, Oh, here are the, like three awesome songs I'm listening to. I'll just funnel that in. And so like, right. I always sort of have those sort of in the vault necessarily, but mm. not in the sense of like, it's specific for these songs. It's just like, whenever I feel like I have three songs that I really want to share, like I mm. have that already just on my camera roll and I can just upload that to, you know, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. So, um, yeah, are you I, not I, the I, type I, of person to like, sorry to interrupt you. Are you no, not no, no, the type of person to like, on Sunday, I'm going to record like these five videos and it's going to be about X, Y, Z. See, I was no. like that. I was I like that for a same. minute. And, and I wanna ask, it's stressful. Yeah. I, well, I wanted to ask you that too. Like, I'm curious, like, have you ever almost, I don't want to say lost the love for listening to music, but do you, have you felt that about uh, that way? I'm, I'm guessing yes. Yeah. About, like, that's why I'm transitioning to like something right, a little right. bit more loose and comfortable and just like chill you know like yeah. there was a time where i was trying to post like every day and like you know when you don't see like the growth it's just like very disheartening to do something like that sure. so you know i'm seeing similar growth as i was seeing before just like doing like chill content and having a better time with it you know what i mean sure, so that's yeah, kind of 100%. the direction i'm trying to go into yeah same like i was so structured of like podcast episode out every sunday and now mm-hmm. i'm like Eh, every 10 to 14 days and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like whenever i get to it some weeks it's 
you know, every 10 days, some it's every 14, but I know like right now I'm on a pretty consistent basis of like every other week dropping an episode mm. and then just letting that episode breathe a little bit, right? Like kind of, you know, squeezing the juice out of the orange, so to speak, every drop right. you can get, like, you know, I, I might have an episode and I'm like, damn, there's like seven to 10 solid clips, like screw it. I'm just going to clip them up and then I'll put those out over the course of the two weeks. And then, right. you know, amongst other content I have going on. So it's just like, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that, you know, excuse me, there came a point where I was really like just wearing myself thin with trying to like, you know, and then trying to separate that of like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and listen to music today and not think about, okay, how can this figure, how can I, you know, figure this out to turntable teachers? Like, Mm -hmm. let me just listen to this album and enjoy it, you know? So I feel like I lost that love a little bit and I needed Mm -hmm. to kind of find that back again. So that's why I really, I same as you sort of just kind of knocked away the structure of things a bit you know yeah um and, and i didn't really so do that focused. that often you know what i mean like I, yeah. I wasn't doing that very often i wasn't sitting down and listening to music simply because i loved it it right. often just felt like if i was going to sit down and listen to music it'd be irresponsible for me not to listen to something new or not to listen to this yeah. thing that somebody suggested to me because i should be because it's like there's so much dope shit out there but then eventually i just stopped listening to shit that i wanted to listen to and like before i would be like an album obsessive like i would listen to an album and i would run that shit into the ground and i felt like this last year i wasn't really doing that you know and i want to get back to it because i miss knowing every single word from a particular album you know what i mean like that shit is what made me fall in love with music in the first place absolutely and like agreed and and why i think we do our platforms and why we do what we do is for the love of the music so at the end of the day like you can't it's tough you don't want to lose that love and right there Mm -hmm. with you i mean all the albums i have behind me like most of these albums i like like you said i know like the back of my hand like i Mm -hmm. could probably tell you the track list of most of them or like you know where you know where the certain songs are structured within certain you know other songs like i I just love that shit and that's the stuff that i think brought us eventually to like where we are now so i think you can't you know, anyone out there that's like feeling burnt out by your content, like take a break, you mm-hmm. know, or like, or, or figure out a different way because, you know, it's just not worth it at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it really, it really isn't like if the people don't get a, you know, um, you know, songs you may never heard of from independent artists for a month, you know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll, they'll be they'll all right. Be, they'll be, they'll, they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, my last question before we get right into the list, I'm really curious. I always like to ask this question because I have a really interesting way that I think, not interesting, but sort of this like, I think um, sort of intentional way I, I, I come, come up with these lists. Because I know you do some lists yourself, right? You did mm-hmm. like your favorite EPs of the year, your favorite yeah. albums. You kind of ran through them, maybe stopped it a bit and talked about a little bit about them. But I'm curious for you, like, what percentage do you give in, in, in terms of this list today? What percent is replayability? Like, I just love this song. I play it all the time versus like great artistic choice or great artistic Mm. sort of like message or way in which the song was created. Like, how do you balance that a little bit? Because I have certain songs that like for me personally that like I just play them, like you said, just play them through the ground. Like I know every single word versus like maybe didn't get as much replayability, but I almost think it was such a great artistic choice or a great artistic message that it has to be on my list. So like, where do you fall on that? Yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about this topic a lot lately because I've been on, I'm on like movie talk too, where people are, and there's like this discourse there about like the best versus like your favorite. And this is kind of like a similar question. And I think like I gave like, I, I think I used to be when I was younger, one of those people that like separated them a little bit more. Like these are the best like artistically and like, but these are the ones I enjoy. And I've kind of realized that like, it's silly to sort of care about something subjective and trying to make it 
objective. So, you know, I kind of like given less weight to like, I haven't given less weight to artistic integrity because I've come to realize that the shit that I enjoy has artistic integrity. So, I mean, there are songs that I enjoy and that I do listen to a lot that are like, they have a deep message and like, it's really like well-written and meticulous and all of that jazz. But there are songs that I have on my list that I'm just like, this shit's a banger. And I really like this song and I like listening to it and I think it's catchy. Um, (laughs) And oftentimes it's, it's, you know, they're going to cross, you know, oftentimes it's a little bit of both. And there's a reason why some of my favorite artists are my favorite artists. It's a reason why I hold like Jay-Z into very high regard is that he's able to do both, right? He'll give you the head scratchers, but he'll give you the bangers. And I feel like at the end of the day, those are what I perceive to be the best artists are the ones who can be both sides of that coin. So honestly, it's like kind of like 80% replayability, I would say 20%, you know, oh my God, this is the most artistic song I've ever heard type of thing. Um, yeah. curious about your thoughts. I do. I literally live in that about that same percentage. Mm-hmm. I actually do 75, 25, I would say mm-hmm. 75% replayability. 25% is like, maybe this was such a, like I said, such an artistic sort of either message or just like so complex and different than anything I've ever heard. I threw it on here, but again, same with you. Like some people might be, you know, know my taste by now and have, you know, seen these episodes and these Mm. lists and a lot of them with these episodes with specifically with the list have just been me. So I'm so happy to have you here to kind of bounce back and bounce off of, uh, off of, but you know, some songs in my list, people might be surprised this year that like that they made it. So, Mm -hmm. um, same, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, without further ado, I want to get into these songs. Cause yeah. like, let's let's talk about the music. So, uh, obviously, guests first. So, the oh, way wow. we're gonna do this is we're gonna structure. We'll go back and forth. So, Frankie will 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 have a song where he'll talk about it. Um, if I've heard it, maybe I'll give some feedback. And then if not, if I have nothing to really say, then I'll go to the next one. And that's exactly how we'll do it, vice versa. So, without further ado, Frankie, go ahead. Your your first song on the list. Thank you, my friend. Um, so I started with this is my album of the year. Uh, okay, Sampha's La High. And my favorite song Amazing. on Sampha's La High is actually surprising to people. Is actually Jonathan L. Siegel. And, okay. you know, this video is coming out before, you know, people know it's even my... Well, actually, it's going to come out after probably. So I think people yeah. already know. Um, and the reason why I think this song is so beautiful is, like, I actually did a little bit of research in it. But it's actually Jonathan L. Siegel's, like, a fable. I didn't know about this. About, like, a huh. seagull trying to learn how to fly. And it's about freedom and self-realization. And it makes sense when you hear the chorus. It's, like, just absolutely gorgeous. These harmonies. Him singing about, like, oh, you know, we're not the same. But that, you know, we, we've been through a similar thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we feel the same way about it. Doesn't necessarily mean we heal the same way about it. It's one of those songs where I just think the messaging is just so freaking beautiful. And I appreciate the themes of like self-love, understanding of others. I, I actually think that this is like the emotional peak of the album where, and this is something since, you know, we're, I'm, we're probably not going to, I'm not going to talk about this album again on this podcast, probably. So I will say, I'm going to gush a little and say like, one of my favorite things about this album are like the drums. I think the drums are just so fucking dope. Like they, they, they like create so much emotion, but on this particular track, it's actually, there's some drums on it, but it's a little bit looser and it's a little, it's a little bit more bare. And I think that's, that allows it to be kind of the emotional peak of the album a little bit. Um, so that's and you know i think that moments like that just make make albums a little bit more grander um so yeah that's my first song i'm so glad i had you on here bro because <laughs> i 
because it's full. I wasn't going to start there, but I might as well now too, because I also have a song on my list from the Sampha, same album, the Sampha album and uh, phenomenal. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite album of the year. However, I will say that if I just need something easy to listen to that just smoothly just works, you know, especially like if I'm you know late car ride home and I don't feel mm-hmm. like banging like loud music or if I'm just kind of in my room at home meditating, whatever it is, or just like trying to wind down, it's absolutely gorgeous album. And I totally mm-hmm. agree with you on the sentiment of the drums. I was actually toying between two different songs. I really, I so badly wanted to add both between Spirit yeah. 2.0, which was the lead single, and then right. Dancing Circles. Those two are my like favorite songs. Which one songs. did we go with? I, you know what, I, I wanted to go with Dancing Circles so bad, but that outro on Spirit 2.0 is just Fair. way too, just, <laughs> it's way too good for me. I got more replayability than Dancing Circles, although, man, if if you, anyone who's listened to this hasn't dove into the album yet, the, oh, I, it just, I, the, there's not a bad choice of a song on here, truthfully. Mm. There really isn't. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous album, so... Um, yeah, Spirit 2.0 on my list. So that was uh... <laughs> so fair. I almost went with it too. I just feel like I go back to Jonathan L. Siegel a lot for whatever reason. Right. But damn, dancing circles is so fucking good. It's just so good. I mean, that his harmonies incredible. are ridiculous. I mean, his harmonies are ridiculous in general. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And I think that's part of the reason why that's that uh, Spirit 2.0, the back end of it, is just the way in which he layers those harmonies are just yeah, absurdly it's beautiful. It's crazy. But dancing circles, I feel like, is a bit. It's okay. Spirit 2.0, I felt like a little more dynamic. So that's why mm-hmm. I went with that. I feel like it's a better introduction to the project versus like if someone just came on to Dancing Circles, they might like it, but they might not be compelled to listen to the full album. So I think that's, that's fair. So I think that's why I'm going with that. Although like that hook just gets me every time on Dancing Circles. It's in circles. my head right now. <laughs> it's, it's one of those songs where you kind of just like the more you listen to an album, the more you appreciate it. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. But Spirit 2.0 is fantastic. like the song where you're like, oh, I want to get this person into this album. Here's that song, which is why it was the lead single. Amazing. Amazing. Well, that was my other song. So yeah, I guess, guess you're next yeah. again. So go ahead. Next next song. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you're probably, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions, but uh, Scary Nose, JPEG Mafia, Danny Brown. I uh, I went yep. Step a Pig. I Great song. And I went Step a Pig. I, I was like so between... Step a pig and um, garbage pail kids because I fucking love the instrumental on garbage pail kids. Love okay. it. It's my favorite instrument instrumental on the album. But I think this beat is also fantastic. I love the end sync sample. Uh, I love these like bright like just abrasive synths on it. And what really brings it over the top is just like honestly, it's Peggy's verses. I think Peggy's verses are killer on that. Like uh, they tried to get me to ghost boy. You ain't Kai when Twitch and you banned. That's a bar. <laughs> I love the, you know, white people love making excuses. I guess that's what culture is for them. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> and I just think Peggy, Peggy is always that guy where I just love these like quick witted tongue in cheek bars that just like keep me on my toes. And I think this song is a perfect example of that. Such a good song. Yeah. I, I like that song a lot. Album's fantastic right. on my list as well. Um, I, I get maybe I'm maybe I'm just kind of going with these sort of the lead singles, and that's what's getting me. But le- for some, whatever reason, man, Lean Beef Patty just got me this oh, yeah. year. Like it, it just it had a chokehold on me all year. The sample on that shit's fucking incredible. Yeah. Like I just love. I think I believe it was a TLC sample. I could be wrong about that, but um, I think it is. Maybe I'm wrong. But either way, um, it's just. So, oh, like that song just gets me every single time. And like, I, I had it on my list at my mid year. 
Um, when I did the mid-year, shout out uh, Dan from Dodcast. He came on actually in studio because he's a local podcaster. Cool. We did a we did a mid-year list, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, went back and forth, and this one was pretty high on my list. I think you know, in terms of now, it probably dropped a bit. It didn't get as quite as much replayability the back half of the year. Some other stuff kind of like was you know. Uh, you know, competing for for my ear, so to speak. But mm-hmm. still, when I went back to like all of the best songs this year, what I felt were the best songs this year, I, I just couldn't leave it off. And, and mm-hmm. that exact exact same sort of sentiment for um, Samfa. I just feel like you really can't go wrong with any song on that album. Yeah, agreed. I think that song. I think that song was probably my most my most played song on that album on uh, Peggy's because uh, I mean it's the intro for starters. Um, sure. But it is so it's so hard hitting, and it's like if you don't like the song, you definitely are not gonna like the rest of this album. No, <laughs> no, it was a perfect introduction, kind of yeah. similar to Spirit. It's two point Lean Beef Patty is just a good introduction to yeah. to what you're gonna hear from JPEG and Danny Brown. So, all right, hey, right. we're off to a great start. This is for awesome. sure. I get back to you then. Yep, let's <laughs> do it. I. My next song is in the top five for me, but it's Kara Jackson, uh, okay. Dickhead Unfamiliar. Blues. Um, I love this album. This album is like a top five album of the year for me. Um, damn, it always has such a long title, so I always forget what it's called. But it's Why Does Our Earth Give Us People to Love, the track Dickhead Blues. It just carries so much emotional weight for me. Um, I think this song and this album is probably one of the more like impactful albums of the year for me. Uh, Kara Jackson specifically speaking on her self-worth. Uh, I love her voice. It has like an echo to it that I just really appreciate. Uh, and the instrumental is gorgeous. It's driven by guitar, but there's like these touches of drums and chimes that just add like so much. And I just think her singing, especially from her perspective about like self-worth and about wanting just to be better for herself um, is beautiful. And it's a beautiful sentiment. Dope. I, I'm gonna have to check this one out because I'm not familiar. Mm. Um, so that's now again gonna have hope, the hope is that you know we have a little bit of you know uh, mm-hmm. crossover, but also like some stuff that we've maybe never heard before. So that's definitely a song that I'm gonna have to check out. Definitely interested in, in hearing it. Um, cool. Good. 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 Uh, good. Cho- good choice there. Cool. My uh, my first song that is not a crossover. Well, maybe who knows? Maybe you have one off this album too. Um, so I have been a huge fan for about as long as the podcast has this podcast has been alive, which is roughly 2019 or so. Um, Emotional Oranges, man. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year, I feel like they drop an EP, and there's you know there's the, the, the whole thing usually piques my interest, but there's always for whatever reason one song that always really stands out. This year it was Justified, and mm-hmm. for no other reason than just it's so catchy. The hook is just absolutely infectious and they just do what they always do volley and azad right they always find a way to play this sort of uh back and forth with each other i feel like they do it again in in this you know this sense and again it's you know it's about a relationship most of the most of their songs are about that so it's not any sort of like deep lyricism or anything like that but i just love the atmospheres that they in the universes that they create with their music and I almost feel like the lyrics are a bit of an afterthought. They just find a way to make them super catchy for me. Um, and a cool, interesting story. So I had been listening to Azad Wright probably like in college, maybe 10 or 12 years ago now, and did not realize until like maybe a year ago that he was actually the male vocalist in Emotional Oranges. And I think the yeah. reason for that was because they kept themselves kind of almost enigmatic for a while, and then they didn't actually introduce who they were till maybe a couple of years in. 
and um, found out that that's who he was. And he used to rap, and he never used to sing the way that he, the way that he does now. And it's uh, you know it kind of took me aback. I mean, it gave me even more of an appreciation for the emotional oranges. So justified, one of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, just got a ton of replayability for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I respect that. I like Emotional Oranges. I don't go back to their stuff as much, but I definitely know that they're a vibe. So I'm going to check that one out once we put out this joint playlist. Um, Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert, by the way. After the the, uh, episode, (laughs) make sure you head to Spotify. Apple Music, we'll put them on both, link in the description. Uh, You can hear all of our our selections on on that playlist. So, all right, uh, Frankie, go for it. (laughs) Um, similar vein uh, a bit more popular artist with Georgia Smith's Little Things is in a very similar vein like honestly it's just a gem of a fun track Um, danced a ton to it in the summer it was like one of those summer tracks Um, it was kind of what and I don't know if this is going to get referenced later on on your list, but it's it's one of those tracks where I was kind of hoping what Kei Tremine would be for me, where it was just like a, a perfect like dance R&B mixed banger. And yeah. I think her vocals are fantastic. I think the hook is so sticky. And yeah, it's just simply a fun track. I love Georgia Smith. I yeah. admittedly did not go back to that project as much as I wanted to this year. You do that as well, too, because there's so much music. You add an album, you intend to listen to it in your library, and you just for whatever reason, it just skips you by. You don't listen to it as much. Like I've always been a fan of Georgia Smith. This was mm-hmm. one of those projects for me where I just didn't go back to it as much. So admittedly, like it could have been on my list had I like just given it a little more attention. So I'm going to have to do that after this. Yeah. For sure. I think this is the single that I was just, that kind of drove her year for me. I didn't really go back to that album that much at all. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I like save albums. And then I think <laughs> it, it has something to do with like, I think it it says something about whether you really like that album as much as you did or not, honestly. That's what I tell myself because I'm like, if I really love this album, I would be going back to it a lot more. Fair. And like I listen to like a song on it and then I get bored of it. Like maybe I didn't like it that much. Sure. Um, I actually around this time of year kind of clear out my my album list because like, you yeah. know, there are albums I'm like, oh, I like this at the time, but it's probably not something I'm going back to. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. Yours? <laughs> All right, yeah. So my next song is uh, "Slow Tie." Slow Tie, uh, uh, song called "Sooner." Yeah, man. I just, I, I, what I appreciate so much about him is, obviously, he's more of an alternative hip hop artist. Kind of comes from that UK grime scene, but not. I don't feel like totally connects with that as much anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like he sort of evolved out of that sound and was definitely on this album specifically, "Ugly," playing with a lot of more different styles. Sooner to me was just one of those types of songs where like it felt like it could have been like almost like a modest mouse song, but almost mm. like you know what I mean, or it had this almost folky vibe to it, and he was almost singing in a bit. It just it really you know caught my attention, piqued my interest, and really like held it throughout the most of the year. I think when my Spotify rap came out, this was like in my top fifteen or so most listened to songs. Um, would I have it in my top twenty or fifteen right now? Probably not, but I would certainly have it in the top 23, of course, because it's on the list. And um, mm. I just really, really am enamored with Slow Tie as an artist. I think he is so slept on, um, not even just in the UK, but just, you know, sort of in the world as, as mm-hmm. an artist that people need to pay a little bit more attention to. Yeah, I thought that album was fantastic, actually. Um, I haven't gone back to it that much recently, but I think that's a respectable pick. I think the album was very, very good. Um, Sooner, I think, was a standout track for me as well. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, on my list next, I have Indigo D'Souza's You Can Be Mean, uh, okay. more of an indie rock uh, jam. 
Um, I just think she has a wonderful knack for vivid songwriting, and that's always something that's going to get me. I love an artist who has some vivid fucking songwriting. I love a singer-songwriter. Um, and she's just singing about a shitty ex, you know, and everybody can relate to that. She has a little bit of attitude, some spunk, and I appreciate that. I love attitude. Um, that's another thing that I really appreciate in a good songwriter, somebody who kind of just, like, says it how it is a little bit. Um, and yeah, I, I think that album was a little bit slept on. I forget what it was called. That's probably why. Um, but it had a few bangers on it that I really appreciated. Cool. Cool. I, another one that I'm going to have to check out cause I'm a bit unfamiliar. So, um, I'll have to t- just take your word for it on that one. Yeah, for sure. Tune in afterwards. Um, okay. So I can't believe I'm actually saying this cause I don't feel like he's put out a body of work to me in the last maybe half decade that I have like truly, truly just connected with. Cause I feel like a lot of it's just filler, you know, it's kind of just keeping up with, you know, trends and different things like that. But I got to say this when it comes to introduction, introduction songs, like I don't really know if there's anybody that's been better or more consistent with their first song out the gate, just grabbing me and putting me in a chokehold. I'm talking about Drake, believe yeah, it or I, not. I thought so. <laughs> Virginia beach, bro. I mean, Virginia what beach. the hell he, the way he flips that Frank's Frank ocean song, which by the way, I hadn't heard that Frank Ocean song in a long time. Maybe go back mm-hmm. to it because it's not on streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. And the way he flipped it and just made it so like I couldn't can't even explain just how much it captivated me this year. And I don't really like For All the Dogs. It's not an album I go back to. There's about mm-hmm. two songs, maybe three that like I saved. Um, first person shooter, obviously Virginia Beach, and I didn't actually remember the third one truthfully. And for whatever reason, Virginia Beach just, I, I kept coming back to it over and over again. And I don't know what it is about Drake with these introduction songs, man, but he really, yeah. I, I mean, am I off here? Like, I think, he no, really you're a hundred percent. Right. I feel yeah. like you could do a, a Drake intro songs ranking and like yeah. all the songs would be pretty damn good. Like even on certified lover boy was the intro song champagne poetry. I think it was, I really I like, like that was. one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, legend is like one of my favorite oh my intros God. just point blank period Keep i agree the family close on views yeah, is views. like is really uh like uh unassumingly good song you know what i, I mean? agree like, with lyrically, that it's one of his better ones mm-hmm. um yeah no then, you're 100 percent on base yeah. i think I, it made every time you listen to the intro and you're like oh this shit's about to be heat and then it kind of like <laughs> isn't really a lot of the time at least as of late in the last like like you said half decade or so but i agree there are a few i i enjoyed that album but i didn't i don't go back to it as a as a full Not project very often because it's bloated it is totally bloated well, even like again even back to the intros like I'm, we forgot about this one even like a tuscan leather like i couldn't great track I, oh yeah. my god one of his best in my opinion so anyway yeah no i'm right there with you like i, I I'm, I'm glad it's not just me because mm-hmm. for whatever reason it's always the intro songs and then i had the expectation maybe it was in my head that it was going to probably fall off after that and it did but you know i don't think it still takes away for how much i like played this song this year so i got i had nice. to give it when i was looking at it i had to i had to throw it in there because it just when i was had it competing with other things it just didn't feel like you know, objectively speaking it just made sense to put it there so i hear Virginia you beach drake yeah i mean let's keep the that train going i had like two or three drake songs that i was thinking about throwing in here but the one that i had to throw in is first person shooter and oh, it had so to good. be because of J. Cole, man. And like a J. Cole feature had to be on this list. And this is the one that I chose. So I I almost even cheated. I almost was like 8 a.m. 8 in Charlotte and first person shooter because first person shooter is more of a J. Cole song anyways to me. Um, but I mean, let's let's take a moment to just say when it comes to features, it was J. Cole's year. I mean, 
obviously secret recipe and all that jazz. And I think for me, this is my favorite J. Cole feature this year. Um, I just love the bars. Like I like him addressing that beef with um, young boy. I thought that was kind of funny. I thought I like the acknowledgement of the big three. I feel like nobody's, none of them have really done that before. So I think it's kind of a, it's a cool moment. That's a great bar. That's a great yeah, bar. I just like that because it's like no animosity. You know what I mean? Like every, there's always this like bullshit about like, Oh, Kendrick and Drake and all that stuff. And I'm like, I really don't feel like there's animosity. Like they're all so different. Like they oh. all do their own thing in a very different way. I love the Spider-Man meme shit with Drake. And honestly, low key, I think Drake closed it out nicely. I thought he had good aggression. I thought he did his thing on that track. I think it's actually like a very good front to back track. And honestly, low key Drake probably doesn't get as much credit, but I mean, obviously Cole kind of stole the show. Oh, I completely agree. And it's so funny you said that because I actually have two songs that are have J. Cole features on them. I don't have a J. Cole song, but I have two songs on the list that have J. Cole features. And right. I could not justify three. So it's and I Virginia Beach I just <laughs> objectively do like better. But on okay. that same wave, I guess I'll go with one of your earlier sentiments. Man, I don't love the Nicki Minaj album front to back, but Let Me Calm mm-hmm. Down is just, I know it's, maybe this is recency bias, but you know, it did come out in 2023. It won't be on my 2024 list. Right. It's probably going to get great, uh, you know, replayability throughout 2024. But I mean, is this maybe, am I going too far in saying this is one of Nicki Minaj's best songs in, w- in which she sang on it? Like I, I, I couldn't believe the, the sort of, um, just the, the the delivery of her vocals mm-hmm. on that, I just was lo- I loved it. And then I think his, you know, uh, Jake, his excuse me, Jake Cole's verse, you know, what it's about, obviously, sort of a, a response to you know Nicki Minaj's husband and sort of the idea of you know protecting our women and different things like that. Like I just appreciated mm-hmm. that a lot coming from him. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's somebody that you know has felt that way and said these things for a long time. But in that context, I think it added something a bit. And just mm. the overall vibe of the song, I just, I can't get enough of it. I really, really mm. love that song. And I can't, I th- you know, in terms of justifying, like, it being on the list, it's a bit lower, of course, if when I'm in terms of my quote-unquote rankings, but, like, mm-hmm. it has to make it for me. I, I just, I think I replayed it, like, 30 times in the first week it was out. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. it's the best song of the album for me. And, I, yeah, I love J. Cole's verse. I think that's a, a fair a fair inclusion when it comes to the J. Cole feature. Yeah. Um I was going to go, I thought this is the one, I thought you were going to say Secret Recipe, ironically, so I queued up huh. a, little, a little Yachty song, because everybody loved that. Okay. Everybody loved Secret Recipe, and I thought that was a great, I thought that was a great J. Cole verse, don't get me wrong, I just thought First Person Shooter was better, but the Lil Yachty song I have queued up, Lil Yachty's album was actually a top 10 for me as well. Unbelievable, same. I think so, I think yeah. so. Yeah. But my favorite song was Drive Me Crazy, which is funny because it's more of an R&B moment on the album, which is predominantly psych rock. Um I mean, Diana Gordon, I had to look up her vocals because I don't think she's on the feature on Spotify, but she's fantastic. I think she intros the song incredibly well. Uh, Yachty just singing about, you know, being in love with somebody, how it makes them feel. But if it's not one of the best damn hooks of the year, I mean, it's just so fucking catchy. And it has like a throwback soulful vibe, almost like kind of like a Motown vibe to it. I I think this song is just like, it started the year off right for me. It was... It was in my. It was my number one most played song of the year. Um, is it my number one favorite song? I don't know. I think in January and February is probably like the just the only song that I like bumped consistently. So like you know that's how it goes with you know the data. But uh, I do think I love it very much. This is so funny you said that because a little Yachty song was the first played like most played song on my rap as well. Oh really? What song was it? Yeah. Are you pretty, gonna go into which it? Is actually, on my list. 
Yeah, oh, I'm going to get right into it. Pretty. I mean, dude, Great song. Oh, God, I love that song, Oh, too. my God. But talk about songs that, like, I should not like. Like, in terms of on paper, I should hate this mm. song. <laughs> but what he's able to achieve sonically is something that I don't think many artists have achieved in hip-hop. And not mm. only for him, just as, like, this transformation. Talk about an artist that decided definitively... I am going to just evolve my sound and not stay in the same lane that I've been doing. I mean, this album is a fucking masterpiece. I'm sorry. Mm. I mean, anybody that disagrees, go ahead. Feel free to jump in the comments. <laughs> disagree with me. It's a masterpiece, man. And I, I drive, you know, drive me crazy. There's so many songs I could have picked from this. I think "Drive Me Crazy" is a great choice. I love "Drive Me Crazy" going right into "I've I've Officially Lost Vision." Right. I think there's, I think there's just so many great moments on this album. For me, though, the way in which he's able to mess with his vocals, I don't even, I'm not even technically there enough to even understand what he was able to do there with the layers and just the way, but just the way in which he's able to make his song, his voice almost sound like part of the production is mm -hmm. just unfathomable to me. I, lyrically, it's nothing special. And then again, same thing. I don't know if it's the same female vocalist, but her contributions on this just make it even that much better mm -hmm. um so Lil Yachty pretty easily easily one of my favorite songs of the year probably not my favorite but like it's up there yeah just to gush on that album a little bit longer but Please. I feel like a lot of people dismiss the album as just like Yachty going into psych rock and it not necessarily being something that is like brand new or like you know not you know pink obviously Pink Floyd huge influence on the album right but I, to your point about the vocals, like that's completely unique to Yachty. And that's something that nobody's ever really done in that psychedelic rock lane is be so fucking wacky for lack of a better right. term with right. his vocals and just like kind of bringing in his own sort of view and perspective on that style. I do think he contributed something to that style and also bringing in, you know, people of color into that space is an accomplishment in and of itself. I'm sure obviously Jimi Hendrix and obviously there are folks who have done it in the past as well, but not like in the modern times and, and the mainstream as much as like what I've been exposed to, right? Like hip hop and R&B. Like obviously Hendrix was exposing a lot of people to, you know, rock music at that time, but there's not really a lot of people of color who are doing that today, in my yeah. opinion. And no. not ones that not, are doing that it. stage. Not right, on the mainstream, yeah. right? No, yeah. you're I agree. Like not in the mainstream, right? Like at least ones that I don't know about. And for Yachty to do that is bringing a whole new sort of audience to a style of music that I don't think we're really exposed to that much. I agree. I completely, 100%. I think you, that's incredibly well said, and I totally agree. I And I think that here's a great uh, situation of... Yeah, the songs are unbelievable, but they also hold a much higher meaning in society, mm -hmm. right? In which and what he's creating and what he's trying to do. So I'm, I'm right there with you, man. So um, look at oh, all this man. overlap. I love it. I think yeah. it's back to you because that was another I, yep. that was another uh, Lil Yachty one. So. Let's go a little random here. I mean, not too random. Uh, Daniel Caesar's Never Enough, I think, incredibly yeah. underrated album. And I think Do You Like Me is my favorite track off of that album. Another one where the hook is just so damn catchy, the do you really like me, do you really like me, it's just fucking, it's just there. And I think um, his vocal range on that album is crazy. And on this song too, like he goes real low, he goes real high. Um, I think the falsetto on this track specifically is fantastic. Um, 
it's relatable him wanting love in his life and thinking he found it wondering if it's this person yada yada i think this is actually another album that found its way into my top 10 i think it's just a relate the relatability of it and the the vocal range it just does it for me cool great choice i love daniel caesar uh, admittedly didn't really get go much into him this year but mm-hmm. um yeah certainly historically have liked daniel caesar a lot um, this is a song for me, my next one that, uh, was on my mid year. Um, I maybe didn't get as much replayability as some of these other songs. Maybe this is one of those situations where just like, I think that the, what he was able to achieve on this song, I think is what did it. And also just the fact that, um, maybe there's sometimes I don't normally think like, okay, like I want to gravitate to this cause maybe I'm not feeling it, but when I'm feeling like listening to this. It is such an impactful listen. I'm talking about David Kushner's Daylight. I'm not mm. sure if you're familiar with that I'm one. Not. It, man, I'm telling you, like the vocal range and also the talk about like vocal layers, what he's able to do in the hook is just breathtaking, man. Like it's one of those songs where it's so emotional that you almost can't just like throw it on like you don't want to be with friends in the car and throw that on they're gonna be like what are you doing like are you okay but like <laughs> you know in a certain situation it's a perfect listen um yeah i'm sure when we throw these playlists together you'll you'll listen to it but it's a it's it's an absolute gem one of my favorites of the year for sure i'm, I'm hyped to check that out i love songs that make me irrationally sad <laughs> Same. <laughs> um next for me is good old tizo touchdown um, tizo tizo touchdown. T- Let's go. a top tenor for me also i think Same. we're kind of running through these but uh i picked there there was quite a few songs i could have picked um i love that album uh how do you sleep at night i believe it's called uh the track i picked was you thought featuring janelle monet i think mm. the songwriting is great as it gets going, Tizo's just talking about a crappy relationship. I love the, like, uh, you know, you would have thought we were in Aspen. How cold your ass been? That's a fire bar. Um, <laughs> I love the fucking drums at the start. And then it, like, transitions to something more R&B focused where Janelle Monet's vocals are, like, a great touch to that. Um, and I think Tizo is just, like, next. Like, I think he's really – he's here, he's honestly. He's yeah, he's here. He's done it. Like, he really is – I was having this conversation with a pal recently, but, like – Oftentimes when a rapper says, or when an artist, but those who come from sort of the hip hop sphere, which you can, you could say Tizo definitely comes from, uh, sure. talks about the whole, like, I'm a rock star thing. It feels a little disingenuous, but with Tizo, it feels right. Like, it just totally. feels like it makes sense. Like, he is 100%. so off the wall. He is, a, he is so different and he is bringing in elements in a way that we haven't seen before. So yeah, Tizo, the man. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I picked Mood Swings. Talk about a song that is- Great song. That's Mike. That is that is a Mike song in general, just with that swing jazz sort of, but also like has still sort of a pop element to it. Like when you get me out of hip hop, like that's my shit right there. Mm. Um, but yeah, a lot of songs I could have picked. Honestly, uh, Sweet with, I believe, Fushi is how you pronounce yeah. her last her name. Uh, I, hadn't, I wasn't familiar with her until, until the, the album. But another song that I felt like easily could have made this list um, just – felt like mood swings was a bit more of sort of an emphatic cinematic sort of experience but Mm -hmm. with tizo touchdowns album how do you sleep at night um i i i just floored floored i i think that the authentic it's wacky but it still has an authentic sort of sound to it Mm -hmm. that he i don't really really still not sure quite how he pulled off and i think for any artists that are out there that are in their early even late 20s like 
he, this is this is I mean, there's many like examples. Anderson Pack is one of them off the top of mm-hmm. my head. Um, oh my god, I was just having this conversation yesterday. Somebody else too that my one of my uh, business partners had like late bloomers is what you're thinking. Yes, yes. The fact Danny that Brown. Danny Brown is another one. Absolutely. Um, Who's but, also similarly wacky. Right, right. But just being 30 years old and feeling like, you know, that's sort of that age old sort of like industry thing of like, you know, you can't make it big in your 30s. Like, here's a great example. And there's many examples out there. Mm-hmm. This is clearly one of them. I think Jay-Z is even an example of that. Yeah, honestly. he was pretty. He was a late he bloomer was a, too. He was a little late bloomer. So, I mean, just the just the you know we, we're living in a day and age where there's so much music out there and there's so many people biting sounds and like using similar sounds and and things like that for this to sound to stand on its own and sound as unique as it does and still be quality enough and authentic enough is a huge accomplishment in my opinion mm-hmm. um i agree with you he's next he's here he's arrived um and he deserves everything he has coming to him i really want to uh, see him when he comes in May in Boston. I know he's touring starting, mm-hmm. I think, in March. I definitely want to get tickets because I just want to see what he does as a performer because I think he certainly is going to put his everything into it, I, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. So, yeah, big Tizo touchdown guy. Mood swings for me, but I would have – you literally, same thing. Could have gone with any song on that album. Yeah, I saw him last summer. I think Kenny Beats, he, like, tours and does, like, a show in Central Park. I think oh, it's dope. been, like, every year. And I've, I, I think and I've gone twice, I believe. And Tizo performed that one of them. And it was before one, I even really knew who he was. I only knew him from his Tyler, the creator feature and call me if you got lost. And yep. he brought the house down because he is just a fucking personality. And yeah. to gush about that album a little bit more. I mean, just like, I don't know, like the, the courage to put out like such yeah. a, it's it's weird like it's it's, it's also very vulnerable too it's super vulnerable it's strange super vulnerable. like he's talking yeah. about like random shit that's just like not that like i don't know like you kind of have to be a little bit of a nerd to really like fuck with it a little i think yeah well i mean here we are right yeah out about it but also i think too it's not even what he says it's like how he says it right yeah. it's like yeah. the way in which he delivers it his inflections the way in which he wrote it like i just i I felt like he was talking to me. Mm-hmm. Felt conversational. So of, yeah, exactly. It felt like he, we were having a conversation, except yeah. you know it was just him. But like I was just listening. But like mm-hmm. it felt, it felt like a conversation. It felt like it's something he would just. That's how he'd be in person. So yeah. just the uh, the raw authenticity of it, mm-hmm. just you know, got to me. And again, is it a perfect album? Probably not. But like, mm-hmm. I don't really care. It's it's. I think it it's so wacky and so out there and so creative that it doesn't even really matter if a couple of things missed here and there. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Yeah, I mean, right who who else can write? Uh, you know, who's who's making that I song? Don't know. You know, that know. song is just so who's fucking... making the original is better. Who's making a new nay? Like I, I I don't know. I really don't right. know. I don't think there's anybody that's doing it. So mm-hmm. big shout out to Tizo Touchdown. Big shout out. Love Tizo. Um, I'll keep in the wacky direction. I've just been like jumping cool. around the list. Same. Um, I think because we've, you know, might as well, as, as you say, one artist might as well just stay there. Right. <laughs> right. So I was thinking like another wacky album that I really love this year was 10,000 Gex by a hundred Gex, the hyper pop. Yeah, duo. bro. Love that album. Doritos and Fritos. I don't have great that fucking list, song. Great song. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, there's, and this is a similar thing where it's like, yeah, they're really creative. I think the instrumentals are fantastic, but it's just kind of like the replayability of it is also great to me. I think, hollywood baby is the one i wanted to highlight um it has like this subtle like garage rock surfer rock blend it almost gives like even a weezer vibe but just like a lot more intense 
the chorus hits super fucking hard. It's like about the struggles of making it in Hollywood, making it in general, um, that life not being all it's cracked up to be, whatever. But I mean, I think this duo is just super freaking talented and like, cool. I don't know, they're just cool people. And like, I think they're, they've done, I wasn't really that big of a fan of Hyperpop um, before 100 Gex. And now I'm, I'm more tapped in. Um, outside of Charlie XEX, but I think she does completely her own thing. But uh, yeah, I I think they're crazy, and I fucking love it. Yeah, they are. They're a lot of fun. That album got a quite a bit of replayability for me, but not enough to quite anything specifically like made mm-hmm. my list. But yeah, it's just a fun. It's just, it's just a fun album. I, I mm-hmm. thoroughly, you know, I, I love throwing that on if I just feel like you know, just listening to something that doesn't need to make sense. And right. I don't need to think about too much. I just want to throw it on and enjoy it. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. All right, I'm going to an artist that probably is on your list too. If he's not, maybe I'm wrong, but um, Travis Scott. I thought you were going to say that. I don't know. God's why. Country. Um, okay, there's, a, there's a lot of songs I could have picked. I don't know, something about the beat, man. God's Country. Like, that's just like a, like my pinnacle favorite type of Travis Scott beat. Um, you know, I was toying between this one and Sirens. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, for, uh, I, Four Eyes, I think it's called. Or, uh, oh, Four the Eyes, I think. Four the Eyes, yeah, something like that. It was with Sampha. That was another one that was on there for me because I've always historically been a big fan of Stop Trying to Be God. That's like one of my favorite Travis Scott songs of all time. Mm. Um, but ultimately went with God's Country. I just feel like the way he flows on this song, and it's it's quick hitting. doesn't overstay its welcome. I agree um, with that, yeah. But lyrically, I just, it's just catchy, man. And I just mm-hmm. think that... That almost whiny sort of beat, uh, just just is so infectious, man. Like I find myself like, even when I'm not listening to it, sometimes na, 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 na. like it just it just <laughs> lives there. It just lives. Um, so God's country, Travis Scott. Nice. I I just had to throw it on there. I love how we're doing like same albums, different songs, because it's gonna make for like a nice healthy playlist. But I have <laughs> Travis Scott's. I know um it's just so damn catchy it's just so damn catchy and i love scott's flow on it i just love it and i mean uh for me travis scott i love the darker production kind of like the more dreary quintessential production that like has enough of that like slightly upbeat drums to it that makes it kind of perfect for like a late night drive where you're still trying to feel a little like like you're still trying to feel a little awake, but it's kind of like smooth in a way. And I think that's, this song is just like that, that this song is just that mood. Yeah, it has it. Yeah, totally. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and I think honestly, an album that I, I love to go back to, even though it's not on streaming, but days before rodeo, I just feel Mm -hmm. like, or mixtape, I should say, I feel like that was kind of like the pinnacle sort of like, of what Travis was kind of going for and what he ultimately like kind of led into his career. And I feel like with this album, uh, this most recent one, Utopia, again, not a perfect album to me. Definitely not one of my favorite albums top to bottom this year, but there was enough there, enough substance there for me to take away that had a ton of replay value for me. So I agree. Um, I know, I know it was one of those songs that was probably my top half on that album for sure. Um, all right, so I think it's back to me. I, I think you're gonna have a song on this album too, believe it or not. Um, and some people, some listeners of me mine might be surprised that I have this this song on here, but it, it's just it's just too good. I can't leave it off. Get him back, Olivia Rodrigo. Mm. I oh, mean, man. I love that on. song. I didn't get an O Rod song on here. You didn't? Oh, because I knew no. you liked the project. I know I you, love I the project. It just wasn't like one of the songs, but great. I'm Understood. glad somebody has it because oh. that's a great song. 
Cause like, again, I'm not even like the biggest, you know, so context, my girlfriend's a huge Swifty. I know that I know they're not the same, but like huge Swifty. I appreciate Taylor Swift. I don't. And in some of her music, I don't love a lot of her music Mm. and I just don't, I mean, she's clearly, you know, in the next level, but I feel like this song in particular, this Olivia Rodrigo, get him back song is kind of like the edgier sort of like Taylor Swift breakup song almost, Mm -hmm. but like with a little bit more attitude and just like kind of what I need in terms of like my sort of taste as, as a music listener, just the, the charisma in the Great song for it and, up, the, yeah. and the way in which she's just able to like exude the emotion that she's trying to get across hands down, man. It's, it's awesome. I, I love it. I, I, on a, on no shame here on this episode. I, I, I bump this shit in the car. It's a great fucking song. It's a great great fucking song. song. Great sing along song. It's amazing. All American bitch is great. Like, it's a good album. It's, and she really is kind of like, she's creating her own lane. And I think the thing with her is like, look like the pop punk sound that she's like adopting on occasion. Isn't necessarily like groundbreaking or anything like that, but it goes back to the songwriting. Like she's a really good songwriter and she She knows how to like express her emotions really well. And I think for a, a woman who's so so freaking young, like twenty, I mean, her room for growth is just astronomical. And there's a maturity there. You can hear it. You can feel it. You know, even it just I I agree. I think her growth is like she's, she's got sky's the limit. Really, mm-hmm. honestly, with her. So yeah, absolutely loved it. big fan of it. Um, my next song is Amare Co-Star off her album Fountain Baby. You okay. probably have listened to it. Um, I actually don't think I have. It's very like, um, it has a lot of like Afro B, R and B pop. It's a good fusion of all those things. I think co-star is just fun. It's just a fun song. She's asking this person what their astrology sign is. And she's kind of like flowing through the different ways that those traits like of a particular sign makes her feel. I think it's cute. It's fun. It's well-written because doing something like that obviously takes some sort of talent. And I think the album in and of itself um it made my top 20 yeah it definitely made my top 20 and yeah now that i'm looking at the cover i feel like you when i looked at your mm-hmm. um albums of the year i feel like you had this on there it's a good it's one it's probably the best song for like danceability and vibes i okay. think that i've listened cool. to this year which obviously has some sort of value to me um, totally definitely worth a, li- yeah. worth a listen Totally. And it'll add a little bit of, uh, you know, versatility to our playlist here that we're we're putting together. Um, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to go with Odyssey. Um, He is a DC producer, uh, rapper, hip hop artist. Um, I just love how relatable he can be, but also just pure, I guess, is the best word to describe Odyssey Mm -hmm. as as just from... I don't know him obviously, you know, personally, but I just from what I gather from his listening to his music over the years, there's just a sense of like purity with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the song "More to Go." I think that was like my favorite song off of his album featuring C.S. Armstrong. Um, just a really beautifully gorgeous song with a really beautiful sample. I feel like Odyssey, like the way he's flowing, what he's rapping about, it's very relatable. He's talking a lot about sort of um you know his life now as a father and like what that entails like balancing that between that and being an artist and then it sort of just kind of the song almost like breaks down in the in the hook and the chorus and cs armstrong just really starts to belt these really beautiful vocals over the sample as it sort of heightens and gets to be this almost like grander cinematic sort of sound 
Um, I, I, I loved it. This again, there's this, if you guys haven't heard this album yet, it's called to what end really, honestly, the full listen is top to bottom, a great, great sort of, uh, experience. I would totally recommend just if you got like, I think what's the runtime on it. Uh, it's about a little under an hour. So if you have a little under an hour car ride or you're hanging out or whatever, you got like 51 minutes to spare. Throw it on front to back. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised if you're not familiar with uh, Odyssey. So mm. I wanted to definitely highlight him for sure because he's one of my favorite artists that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, I fuck with Odyssey. Definitely don't remember the album very well. I'm not sure if I actually ended up checking it out. So I'm going to. Um, Odyssey is dope, though. Super dope. Uh, um, on my list, keeping in like this, I mean, I don't think they're that underground anymore, but West Side Gun uh, featuring Stove God Cook's House of Glory. Um, I knew you were going to pick this one. <laughs> one fucking thing. I, I fucking love Stove God Cooks. I mean, I'll let that be known. He's one of my favorite fucking feature artists in the Griselda camp. I just think he is so goddamn, like, just erratic and just crazy and fun. And he's on, like, a bunch of features on the West Side yeah. Gun album. Kitchen Lights is also great. But for whatever reason, I go back to House of Glory more. They just have a ton of chemistry. These guys just have a ton of chemistry. They're funny. It's like this perfect mix of like aggression and humor. And I always go back to Westside because I think Westside just kind of just like makes me laugh a little bit more. And I I love that for what like he's like a guy like I, I don't know. He's just like somehow approachable, but also hard. Like, I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Like, I just fucking it's actually a good way to put it. He's just like really dope. And he, he like has a great flow and way of putting things. And I think he's yeah. just has so much talent. I think cool. this is one of those standouts from um, the recent album. I forget what it's called. And then they pray for me. Think Something so. like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the Denzel one ultras on that. Mm. I think whatever it's called. I, I can't remember the name of the top of my head either, but um, it, it was close. It almost made my list. Um, just didn't feel like for me, get enough replayability. I don't, it's funny, you know, this is why music is so subjective and interesting. I don't really share, um, you know, the love for st- uh, Stove God Cooks as much as you. I, really? I And it was funny because I listened to your um, your takes on it, and I was like, did I did I miss something? And then I went back <laughs> and listened to it again with your thoughts in mind, and it just still wasn't connecting with me. So mm. I'm not saying it was trash it or like that because it's totally not – right, exactly. I'm not saying it's trash by any stretch. I just – you know, for me, it's just not what really gets, what really connected with me that, yeah. that much. But, hey, to each their own. I love it. I'm, I'm – I'm I glad. just love how like off yeah. the wall he I just really appreciate artists like that for whatever reason just like that are just themselves like and I always tend to just gravitate to an artist who like I hear him and it's him like I know it's Stove God you know what I mean I know it's West Side like the boom boom booms you know it's him and like there's just something about that for me that I'm always just like I I just love unique shit like uniqueness yeah. you know what I mean got to have it in this day and age for real that's that's mm-hmm. what makes the music you know, beautiful these days is, is when you can find something unique like that, that you connect with. So, um, speaking of artists that, uh, I, you know, don't, didn't care for that much either for a long time. And now all of a sudden growing on me. So yeah, maybe, maybe still got cooks is going to grow on me. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe <laughs> I just need, maybe I just need to tap in a bit more than I have. Um, all my life, Lil Durk, wow. J Cole, Look at that. I love this. I love this song, bro. I, 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 it was on my mid-year list. It was pretty high up there. I, where it's listed is about halfway through. I know we're not going in order, which is totally honestly. I like this better. This is more mm-hmm. conversational. And I, but then what's your number thirteen song? <laughs> so, I actually like this better. But yeah, 
I, dude, I just couldn't get enough of the song this year. I just, I, you know, I love the obviously choir sort of, uh, you know, sample in the back, or maybe it's not even a sample, and maybe it's actually even a, a choir that they ended up recording. I'm not 100% sure I didn't dig deep enough there. But yeah, I mean, J. Cole steals the show, but it's not like Dirk doesn't hold his own on it either. So, like, I think for that reason alone, you know, and for Dirk to create a song like this that definitely was a lot more sentimental, meaningful, impactful, and just what Cole is talking about, I just, I love it how he's talking about, you know, let's not just hold artists to a higher caliber when they're dead. Let's maybe like celebrate the artists and our favorite artists as they're alive. Like I love the line where he's like, if you've never posted about a, a, a rapper before they're dead, you can't once they're dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, I thought that I'm obviously paraphrasing that a bit, but yeah, I just, for whatever reason, or I guess all those reasons gravitated <laughs> to this song a lot this year and mm-hmm. it had a ton of replay value for me. And yeah, I just think that hook is incredibly catchy as well. And um, it's beautiful. So I really want to commend Dirk because, um, you know, here's an artist that, again, I just kind of threw by the wayside. I was like, or put him into sort of that um, Chicago drill sort of sector of music and was like, I don't really care for that style of music as much outside of like G Herbo from here and uh, right, from, you right. know, here and there. So honestly, one of my favorites of the year and it just held up. Nice. Yeah. It was one that actually had to grow on me for whatever reason. I did not fuck with the choir. Like it, interesting. I like, I mean, obviously those soulful choir sounds are dope. I, they've been used really, uh, great ways. Thinking of just like chance Kanye's folks like that. Sure. Sure. Um, but for whatever fucking reason, like it just felt forced to me on that song at first, like for whatever reason. And it, maybe it's because I was putting Dirk in a box in my head and like, you know, once I got out of that, that's the song that stands out on that album for me. That's the song that I think is my favorite. I think Cole obviously helps a lot with that, but you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is due. Dirk put in the effort to write a song, stayed on that topic, and delivered on it. So you know, 100%. credit to Dirk. Um, I'm gonna go random here because I got a lot of random songs now. Um, Black Country New Road. Uh, they put out an album called Live at Bush Hall. They're like a post-punk country, not country. They're like a post-punk uh, rock band. Um, oh, man, I could talk your ear off about Black Country New Road. They're like my favorite band. Um, but they put out a live album this year. So a little bit of context. They put out my album of the year last year. It was called Anstrom Up There. And shortly before that album came out, their lead singer left the group, um, citing depression and things like that. Unfortunate. Hope he gets better. Um, that album came out. That album was absolutely fucking incredible. And then they went on tour starting in September. I believe their first stop was in New York. I was there and they like came out and I was like, Oh, this is going to be really interesting. I wonder how they're going to do this without their lead singer and who I presume to be their, their head songwriter, but that could be false. And they just came out with a whole new crop of songs that were all fantastic. And then that became a live album that actually came out back in February or March, I believe called live at Bush Hall. They recorded it in the UK where they're from and it's fucking awesome. And one of the peaks for me is the song laughing song. Um, and what I think is really dope about this album actually is that different people take on the vo- the different lead vocals at different times. So like it's not the same vocalist throughout, um, which I think is really oh. creative and like obviously showcases their talent. Um, but this song particularly, I think is very beautiful. She sings about losing someone in her life and regretting letting them leave. She's reminiscing on the good times they had and realizing that she's not going to, you know, ever see them again, or at least be with them again. Uh, the horns, the percussion, uh, it's just a great fucking song. I love this band. I 
think anybody should check them out. I think they're probably one of the best bands out who have put out music recently. And this album definitely is like a top five album of the year for me personally. Well, you sold me. I'm going to definitely check this out uh, right after this for sure. I can't wait. Um, my next song is a podcaster turned producer, Rory from the Rory and Mal podcast. Oh. And he dropped a really great album this year. I don't know if anybody either missed it or didn't listen to it. Oh. Yo, got to check it out, man. Mm. So he's a, he produced all this, all the songs um, and just kind of enlisted artists to be honest. So this one is called Enough with Reggie and Jay Electronica, believe it or not. And it's unbelievable, man. Like Reggie, Reggie's so underrated to me. Like he's one of my favorite R&B sort of artists that kind of live in that like Smino, uh, Saba yeah. sort of like vein. That, yeah. Yeah. And he just delivers a gorgeous, gorgeous vocal performance over just a really lush, beautiful uh, you know, uh, beat that Rory made. So big shout out to him. There's a lot of, there's a great psychedelic guitar on there that I just love. It's just really sort of just makes the, really just br- makes this sort of world. Um, yeah, again, more like more R and B soul driven of an album in totality, but then Jay Electronica comes on here and spits a, I think a very solid verse. It's not like my favorite Jay Electronica verse ever. I'm not saying he mailed it in by any means, but I, to me, it's the beat and Reggie, what they do. Jay Electronica is more of a, believe it or not, supplemental piece, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're the ones that really make this song what it is. So mm-hmm. this was high on my list in the mid-year. It's still like, is a fringe top 10 song for me. So gotcha. A- gotcha. enough awesome. by Rory and Reggie and Jay Electronica. Awesome. That's dope. I'm going to definitely check that out. I feel like maybe I was tapped into that, but I just didn't listen to it. I got to check it out in full, though. I don't remember. It's good. It's and Reggie, good. from what I've heard, I've liked. Like He has features on like Smino albums, so I yes. definitely enjoyed 100%. his stuff. Yep. Um, my next song is by an artist, Hemlock Springs. Um, yeah, Hemlock Springs. She, yep, yep. She put out that dope She's EP, dope. Going, Going, Gone. Um, very unique indie pop, in my opinion. Uh, she has this song. I really don't know. She doesn't say it in the song. It's E N K N E E one and any one, anyone. Fuck. I just got that. Oh <laughs> shit. That's so funny. Yeah. I just got it. That's dope. Just um, figured it out. That's funny. Cause the hook goes, that's is awesome. there anyone out there to love me? So that makes sense. There you um, go. and I love that song. I actually really, really like that song. That's <laughs> I'm wow. Um, this is my favorite EP from the year. I think she's incredibly unique. I think the EP in and of itself, she's kind of like looking for love. She's thinking she found it. She's struggling about it. This song particularly is really dope because I think that hook is incredibly catchy and you can kind of feel her longing and loneliness. I think she's in for a long, really dope career. Uh, her personality is sick and clearly has like a really good ear for just production and knowing how to make things work. I think she is like a very witty songwriter as well. And if nobody's checked out, I think this is my EP of the year. If nobody's checked it out, please check it out. I think it's incredibly, incredibly fantastic. I saw you talk about it and I know this. I obviously know the song um, girlfriend. That's like the, her mm-hmm. big one, right? The one that kind of went viral. Talk about um, personality. No kidding, right? Yeah, yeah, great song. Absolutely great song. I didn't listen to the EP, though, and I saw this was like your top EP, so I definitely mm-hmm. want to um, you know, give this one a listen because you know, I, I think uh, I was enamored enough with, um, with Girlfriend to want to you know, give the whole thing a, a, a listen. So, um, Excuse me. Uh, yeah, my next song, another fringe top tenor. So now these are all – it's funny how most of the songs we haven't talked about are all like my top tens. 
Um, oh, Tizo, really? Tizo was in there. Um, Samfa made it into the top 10, but the rest we haven't talked about, which is interesting. So I'm like kind of yeah. now in like the top half of my list, which is cool. Um, so this is a fringe top 10 song for me as well. Just missed outside of it. I actually had it slotted at number 11. Um, Gene Dawson and SZA with no seasons. Mm-hmm. Just right outside my list too. Uh, it like, you know what? Gene Dawson is one of those artists where I feel like you ever have an artist where you feel like you should like them more than you do. Yeah, I hear you. Like I don't feel that way about Gene Dawson, but you're no, about no, to no. tell me you do. <laughs> I, well, I do. I, 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 for whatever reason, like I feel like maybe I just haven't like, it hasn't quite clicked with me. Maybe it was this mm. song. Maybe I just needed this song. But like I've tried listening to his albums before. People tell me all the time, you the, with your taste, you should love you know Gene Dawson. And I listen to it, and I like it. I don't say I dislike it, but I'm not like oh my god, this is like my favorite. Like I'm gonna like now mm. listen to this all the time. I just for whatever reason haven't had that connection with it and to believe and believe it or not i don't think it's all sizza here either same thing mm-hmm. like i love sizza she's one of my favorite artists in the last maybe you know couple of years and I, while she absolutely gives a phenomenal performance and i love how they layer their vocals at the end it's just absolutely gorgeous but i mean come on he absolutely just drives this thing home man like i mm-hmm. i love this song so much i think it's more minimalistic than a lot of the songs i have on this list but that's why it's so beautiful to me. And I just love the way in which they kind of float through the seasons and the way in which they use that sort of imagery throughout. Um, it really is a phenomenal, phenomenal song. One of my favorites of the year that I could not stop listening to. I feel like, I feel like minimum three times a week, this was coming on on my wow. commute to work in the morning. And I would not skip it. No question. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep, I'm listening to this right now. It just put me in a good mood. So yeah, mm-hmm. no seasons. Gene Dawson and SZA. Chef's Kiss. Shout out to you yeah. guys. Huge, hugely, huge fan of the song. I I fucking love both of those artists a lot. So it's funny for you to say that. Like for me, well, SZA is SZA, right? Um, but right. Gene Dawson, Devilish is like a ten out of ten for me. Like I absolutely adore that album. I just think Gene Dawson is so incredibly fucking talented. Um, he's kind of he was like doing some Tizo stuff before Tizo was doing some Tizo stuff. I think Tizo's a little weirder. Um, right. But I think Gene is like a really. I think like you know there's going to be artists who mix like rock and hip hop and all these things, and you know there are artists who are going to be great at it and artists who are going to be whatever at it. And I think Gene was just like hit you know hit the bullseye. Totally. Yeah. Again, maybe I got to go back to that album too, to give it a bit more context for myself, but yeah, maybe this, this, yeah, maybe this was it. Maybe this was the song that kind of cracked the, the code, so to speak. Yeah. The, exactly. The, the, the thing that clicked for me. So yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely adore this song so Hope much. So. Yeah. Great song. Ah, yeah. It didn't make my list. <laughs> I, there were so many songs I had to drop that pissed me off. I know it sucks. Uh, I'm doing a quick, like, you know, uh, TikTok. probably already out by actually definitely out by now. Um, of like 10 honorable mentions that I just was uh, so upset that I couldn't, again, it's just like a minute and a half. I really just listed them honestly, but yeah, not I just going deleted into them. <laughs> You're just like, screw it, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so my next song is, I believe this one made my number five. Uh, Feeble little horse has an album called girl with fish, like very noisy indie rock shoegaze. And their intro oh, cool. on that song is called freak. And I mean, I think what I really, really like about, Feeble Little Horse is there. One, I like the shoegaze sound, but I think their lead singer, her name is Lydia Slocum. 
she's just she has so much wit and attitude in her vocal approach and i always just i appreciate that that's always something i i very much appreciate and i think this song is just like a really great intro into an album that i think is just so clever and has like a lot of really dope dynamic instrumentation i mean i think attitude just like shoegaze is kind of making a little bit of a comeback recently too totally like the is, slow yeah. dive album was also really dope like and i think this is like a uh, a shining star in that sort of wave cool cool again un- another unfamiliar one i'm definitely have to check that one out for sure um yeah i haven't listened to like a great shoegaze album in like a while i feel like so i feel like that'll be a good like you know i agree uh, i think this was the one different for me. yeah Totally. I think this was the one, but I I'm agree. I'm not like a big shoegaze guy, really. Like, no, I'm not like either. a huge My Bloody Valentine guy or nothing like that, but this one just kind of spoke to me. Cool. Cool. I'm going to check it out. Um, this album snuck up on me a bit, but I really, uh, well, yeah, I shouldn't say snuck up on me because it's actually up for a ton of Grammys, but maybe I wasn't as hip to it for a while, and I think I came onto it a bit late in the year, but. I had a tough time picking a song off this album that I really liked. I'm talking about John ba- uh, Baptiste, actually. Oh, wow. Um, I liked this album a lot, man. And I think um, Butterfly was close. I think that song is absolutely gorgeous. I almost actually used it for a, a wedding video I was making for a friend of mine that oh, I got nice. hired out to do some wedding videography. I think it's just a gorgeous song. But I ended up going with Drink Water with um, John mm-hmm. Bellion and Fireboy uh, DML. I just I love the different sort of i i think this is obviously more of like a world sort of music like he uses a lot of different styles within the uh within the album and i love how he brings in almost like a you know a bit of like an afrobeat sort of feeling with fireboy dml but then like john bellion is one of my favorite artists of the last decade decade and a half i don't know Ooh. for whatever reason he has always just connected with me on a very deeper level maybe it's because I came on to him so early. He only had one mixtape out. He had like 900 Twitter followers. And like, I lo- I was so obsessed with his translations through speakers mixtape. I like reached out to him and he like responded back and it was like, oh my God, this oh, is amazing. Dope. And then he, and then he like blew up, like, you know, this is, I'm talking like probably 2013 or something like that. So like almost a little, ah, over 10 years ago now. But anyway, um, yeah. And he's actually one, one of my favorite performers of all time. Like he had one of my, one of my top two or three like favorite concerts I ever went to was a John Bellion concert, believe it or not. Just what that? he was able. It was actually, so it's this amphitheater right in the Seaport District in Boston. Okay. Um, it changes names all the time, granted, because a different bank always ends up sponsoring it. <laughs> so right now, they call it the, um, not the Palladium. I don't even, it's just, it's, I don't know, I remember, I don't remember the name of it. The name of it is escaping me, truthfully, because again, there's so many change of hands there. But, um, yeah, it's it's it was a beautiful thing. It's right on the seaport, right on the and it like the sun was like setting as like the show was like going on or whatever. Oh, they asked nice. this artist by the name of um Joy Aladokun, who I um came hip became hip with because of that um because of that um concert as well because she opened for him, I believe. Or I mean, was that Dermont Kennedy? I don't remember now. I don't know, I've seen a bunch of shows there. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. Um either way, um this drink water song had John Bellion's stamp all over it in terms of the songwriting and just sort of the catchiness of the tune. And um, yeah, I just, I just love this song. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, just like, it's nothing like groundbreaking or special, but like, I just have been obsessed with it. I've been listening to it a bunch. It's the refrain is just sticky. So, mm, I um, and I really like John Baptiste. I wasn't too, too familiar with him. 
uh, until this year. So I'm glad uh, I got hip to him this year. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, speaking of John Bellion, that's his name, right? John, it starts with John Bellion. John Bellion, correct. So yes. it's John, John Batiste, but then John, John Bellion's like the yeah. featured artist who wrote on it. Yeah. Right. Speaking of, so I've been hip to John Baptiste uh, for a little while. I need to get back to the music because I honestly wasn't in love with the album when it came out this year. So I have to go back to it. Um, John Bellion, funny story. Another friend of mine who is in the New England area, I believe is Massachusetts, who's like, he's also in music, fucking loves John Bellion and like lives and dies by him. Like just (laughs) lives and dies by him. And he's like a hip hop producer, like loves J. Cole and like Logic and shit. Like those are his like guys, but he fucking lives and dies by John Bellion. So I'm going to bring this up to him. As as you should. Send him the clip when it's out. Yeah, no, for real. I love love john bellion i don't know what it is bro and then i didn't realize how much he's actually ghost writing or written for so many artists so like yeah he's man he's he's i love him i whatever you know i can't win it yeah i I am a stan whenever when he comes out with a new album like i'm right there it's like them and brock hampton for the longest time it was like they were those were like my my top two so Mm -hmm. but anyway i was also a brock hampton fanboy um, oh, <laughs> those yeah, shows, I mean, oh man, that's that's dude, a whole conversation. Yeah, but oh those my god, shows yeah, we could crazy. have we could have a whole podcast about the shows. Holy fuck! Yeah. Anyway, um, my next song is a Latin song. Um, mm. It's by Peso Pluma and Eslabon Armado. It's called Ella Baila so- Ella Baila Sola. It's it's like a song that literally took Latin America by storm and like all U.S. Latinos. It kind of like brought regional Mexican music to the mainstream in the U.S. amongst Latinos. And I know Latinos like who are like Dominican and we don't listen to regional Mexican music at all. And they were bumping the shit out of this. Huh. It kind of turned Beso Pluma into like this global superstar. I don't know. Are you familiar with Beso Pluma? I'm not really no. uh, he kind of like turned into like this like just global superstar and rightfully so I mean the song is a bop uh it made yeah it put regional Mexican music into like the mainstream in the U.S. specifically I would say um okay. and like a lot of like honestly like it put on a lot of folks to the genre songs really just about like two friends at a gathering they see a beautiful woman she's dancing alone that's essentially the title but it honestly definitely worth the listen it kind of like just like put some more light into this genre into this particular artist in the mainstream and you know it i think it's one of those things where it's kind of a bit bigger than a song and it deserved sort of a place on the list awesome Uh, again another one that i'm gonna check this is i'm so glad with this we have so much overlap but then at the same time stuff you listen to that i don't know for sure and that i would love to get hip with and then vice versa so right for um, sure i'm excited for sure this is what this is the good for us too not even just the people listening like that they get some new recommendations this new recommendation for both of us so Mm -hmm. um i know you so there was a slight dig to katrimine earlier oh no i was gonna include a katrimine song on this though there are songs on there that i fuck with but go ahead all right ug ug oh see that wasn't gonna be it (laughs) that was it for me man like i so Shout out to my guy, Old Head Ed. He runs a podcast, um, Brews, Beats, and East Eats in Florida. Okay. We got very hip in uh, cool. during the pandemic. We did it. We did some crossover stuff uh, during then. We haven't been too much in touch lately, but he always is a strong uh, supporter of Turntable Teachers and what we do over here. So he's going to listen to this. He's going to appreciate the shout out. And also, um, he but he gave me a bit of criticism at the mid-year because this was my top song at the mid-year because mm-hmm. of how much I was just playing it. And because the, the hook is just, for me, it's like, it's a song that doesn't take itself too seriously, 
but it's such a fun, catchy hook. Like even my girlfriend, who's not again, she's a Swifty. You have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So when I play this song in the car every once in a while, she doesn't say she loves the song, but she's like, "Yeah, that hook's kind of cool. Like I fuck with that hook." <laughs> and Old Head Head was very disappointed in my choice of number one song at the mid year. So Ed, yeah, it's not number one anymore. It's but it's still top ten. So like whatever, dude. You gotta just live with mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I just I think his sort of attitude, his charisma on the song, he's just kind of like, you know, smooth with it on this mm-hmm. one. Like I don't know. I mean, I love the whole album. I again, maybe now going back to it since it's been out for over 6 months, like yeah, maybe it's not as good as I thought it was when it came out. I'm willing to admit that. But this song still goes for me. Like I just love the how he goes through all the days of the week and you know he's just i i don't know i just i just i'm I'm obsessed with it i think it's such a good song um and i love the line where he's like you know back in 2018 k tremine gave me beats for free and now we both got racks in our jeans or some shit like there's just bars here that are just like (laughs) so smooth to me like and he just the way he delivers them he just comes off with this sort of just like you know this is just what it is you know it's not like Mm -hmm. abrasive or not in your face he's just like yeah like i'm the fucking man you know like yeah, just, I, I, I love it. He is the fucking it. man. <laughs> I, I, I he genuinely. I mean, they're fucking dope, and it, they're they are. they're a great duo. I I feel like the dig, um, to your point, was more because I expected so much more for me. I don't know. I why. hear you. I, and I feel like that's what happened with a lot of people. I feel like we expected more, and there was like a slight disappointment. Uh, I really don't remember uh, 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 that well. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I was gonna put rebuke because I love that song and I think it's really smooth. And that actually was one of those like songs that got taken off because for, you know, as much as I personally believe that that album didn't live up to my personal hype, um, there uh, forever is also another banger that was fire and uh, yeah. sauce up like they're, sauce they're bangers. Up. Yeah. There. Yeah. So I feel like sauce up would be up your alley, right? With the yeah. more like Latin sort of feeling to it. Yeah. I fuck with sauce up and like, yeah, I mean, maybe I got to go back to it again, but it's December. So I don't need that right now. But like, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, yeah. Um, Ugg, Ugg, like he, he used all like the Ugg, Ugg had like the, like almost triple entendre. Like he was using it as like, uh, you know, girl want that, Ugg, Ugg, you know, mm. smoking, got that. Ugg, Ugg, now yeah. I remember. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. funny. It's yeah, just like a smooth like tune. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, hey, the subjectivity of music. That's so, funny. There you go. <laughs> nah, that's dope. I'm. I love that you love it though, because that song is like one of those songs where I could see why somebody would really enjoy listening to that. Yeah, it's just a fun. T- just, again, it doesn't take fun. itself too yeah. seriously. It's just fun. Like it's not. I don't. You know, it's it's clever. It's fun. You know, I, I don't know. It just hit me for that. whatever reason. You know. Nah, I respect that. That's yeah. dope. Um, my next song is. It's a bit a different direction, but totally fine. No names, Sundial, that album. Yeah, I really fuck with the song Namesake. I know that album is super polarizing. I've come to see uh, because yeah. of you know controversies around that. But is it? Is I it really the, not like, to cut you off. Is it the J like? Was it the J Electronica feature that people were like upset? I think about? mostly. I think it's just like having J Elect featured on an album for someone who's so outspoken about things like that is just like it just felt like for people that that was like very. Um, contradictory uh, or like yeah contradictory that's a good word it. for it okay. um enough. which i agree to an extent but i also think that the album interestingly was like a very strong i think what she did really well on this album is that she kind of like 
put the mirror back onto herself on occasion. And she's like, I'm not perfect either in a lot of ways. Um, specifically the song namesake strikes me because it's so unapologetic about her own views. She's coming at like fake individuals who don't really practice what they preach. Um, she comes at people like Jay-Z for being, you know, a part of the NFL organization. And then like, ultimately she even points the finger at herself. She's like, there's a, a refrain on the song where she's like, Oh, go Rihanna, go, go like Beyonce go. And like how they're sort of a part of the system that sort of distracts from things that theoretically you should be paying attention to. Right. But then she says like, well, I performed at Coachella and like, they're not exactly like, you know, they're, this is me taking in a shit ton of money from like a wealthy organization to perform for what you would assume to be a bunch of wealthy white kids in California. You know what I mean? So it's like, she's like, it's easy to be lost in the sauce. And that's kind of what I take from the album is like, yeah, I have like my own sort of beliefs. And to an extent, I believe in a lot of what she says to, but it's easy to get lost in the sauce. You know, at the end of the day, we're a part of a system and it's hard not to partake in the system that you happen to be a part of. Fair enough. I liked the no name album. Historically, I've liked her a lot. Just again, same thing. Didn't really like have a song particularly that like super connected with me, but I thought it was a, it was a very good listen. Yeah. Um, so I totally respect the choice. I think it's a good one. Um, yeah, I think we have six songs left. Wow, this is great. And this is actually my top six. I don't know how this ended up happening this That's way. So, crazy. Um, so at my number six, literally my number six <laughs> song I had <laughs> at number six. That's dope. Um, Oliver Tree, the most really. Yeah, okay. I'm a big fan, bro. He's like the most I think like unexpected pop star. And I know he's very polarizing. Sure. I know he's got like a weird, he's quirky. I didn't like him that much at first. And then it took his Cowboy Tears album like about a couple years ago where I really just was like, okay, I understand what he's going for. I get uh-huh. it. Kind of wacky, like Tizo touchdown a bit. Like it has that sort of like, um, that feeling to it of like, it's just like, this is just who I am and I don't really give a shit who cares about who I am and what I do. Um he had a song on his most uh, most recent album called Essence with Supercomputer that is mm. just like a pop banger. Like it, like oh, I I I love this, that he went in like this direction. I know he had a little bit more of like a country sort of folk vibe to him, but still had was like deeply rooted in that pop sound. I think he went completely leaned into the pop even more with this most recent project. And I think Essence is just like the pinnacle of that. And Supercomputer, in terms of like their production, just really did their thing. So um, nice. I love this song. Seeing him actually in a couple of weeks with a few friends. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to that at House of Blues in Boston. Um, so I heard he plays on a good, good show. So I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, just from a replay standpoint, I played this song nonstop. So I, I love it. Essence by Oliver Tree and Supercomputer. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I have not dived too deep into Oliver Tree, candidly. Um, I've like listened to songs here and there, but I'm excited to check that one out. Cool. Um, next, this is not my top six. I've kind of just, <laughs> I think we've ran through probably what I would call my top six, but we, I didn't even order these. Up. Yeah, I didn't really order these. I kind of just like threw them into a playlist. Uh, the Lemon Twigs, they're like a hmm, indie rock band from Long Island. Uh, New York, and they have this song called Corner of My Eye on their last album called, what was their album called? Um, We'll get it later. But it's fucking beautiful. It's just a gorgeous love song. And the falsetto vocals are absolutely lovely. And the harmonies are just stunning. Like, I I really don't know what to say other than just listen to the song. Like, the vocals are just beautiful. Like, they really do an incredible job. it's it's one of those songs that's just so well performed 
and that's why it had to make the list because it's just so well performed. Um, I'm super excited. Yeah, let me. I can't wait to hear it. Ah, what was the name of that freaking album? I think it was called <laughs> Everything <laughs> Harmony. Oh, cool. Everything Harmony, and yeah, like they're I believe they're two brothers, and they um they just have like they grew up in like a music family, and they just they harmonize very well. <laughs> yeah, give yeah. it a name. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. I like again a lot of great recommendations for me here to walk away from, and different genres too. So I'm looking forward to some of this, or all of it, I should say. Um, all right, so this next one was high on my mid year, stayed on high on my mid year, like. And and talk about uh, a duo or not a duo, but like a collaboration that I did not expect at all this year. And it honestly, when I saw it, I was like, I don't think this is gonna work. Like I'm really worried about this because I'm a fan of both of you. I don't know why you chose to do this. And then it actually like exceeded my expectations in like the way opposite direction. I'm talking about Oil by Gorillas and Stevie Nicks, dude. Lyrically, is nothing to write home about, but my God, the actual musicality of this song, for whatever reason, I just can't get enough of. And Stevie Nicks adds enough yeah. to make it really punch and last. And really, like, you get enough of her personality in the song that they just, her and Damon just, just like just very smoothly like just blend together. I don't know how they made it work, truthfully. I think mm-hmm. a lot of, again, she's more supplemental. She doesn't really, like give a legitimate verse or anything like that adds a lot of vocals on the hook and the back half of the hook. But like, I was just enamored with the musicality of this song. It's really grand. It's really cinematic. It just kind of goes into like what I like about music. I love those grand cinematic moments. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this had it, but it was also smooth enough of a listen that just kind of kept me sort of engaged on both fronts. So I feel like this is a song that I could play if I wanted to kind of get a little bit more jived up, but it's also a song I could play when a little bit more relaxed and just kind of like trying to vibe. So it, it, it plays in a lot of different settings. And um, again, it just was like a song that I was super unexpected for me when I, when I, I'm a big fan of the gorillas. And when I looked at the mm-hmm. track list, you know, of course I loved cracker Island with Thundercat who wouldn't, of course, mm-hmm. but um. I was really worried about this song and more worried about that than the bad bunny one, truthfully. And Mm. this one came off better than I actually had anticipated. So huge fan. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite songs on that album as well. On the cracker Island album. I would say the bad bunny one's actually my favorite one. I feel like he just flows over the instrumental really well, but also I'm like a bad bunny fan boy. So it's like, so it's, it's always going to be so sure. And I grew up on Fleetwood Mac, so it made sense as to why, but again, like I said, like when I looked at it, I was like, I don't think this is going to work. I'm really worried about this song and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think she definitely did her thing on that one. I definitely like that. It was one of my favorite songs on that album. Sure. Um, next I have, speaking of cinematic, I would say this is one of the more cinematic albums of the year. Um, but I have the track A and W by Lana Del Rey on her. Did you know that there's a tunnel under ocean Boulevard album? Um, (laughs) I think that album's incredibly cinematic, very beautiful, very like almost like drawn out for the point of a strong impact at the end of most songs. This particular strong song strikes me very powerfully. She's writing about like her progression into someone who essentially uses sex as like more of a thrill, not necessarily for love. Um, I love the growth of the song. It goes from like the slower Americana style to something a little bit more electronic with these like driving drums. Um, it gets like from dark to upbeat which like for me is like that transition into like a fast life which i think is really clever and really interesting the way she did that and the chorus is simple but i find it powerful 
you know, love taking a backseat in her relationships. Um, I think it's like one of the best songs on, I would say one of the best albums of the year. I think a lot of people have it in their top five. Um, I didn't go as high, but I think it is an incredible track. Great track, great album. Um, again, not like my favorite of favorites, but like I certainly have always been a fan of Lana Del Rey and I'm mm-hmm. always interested to see when she puts out an album. Um, and I think this one definitely didn't disappoint. I, mm-hmm. I, I would not, you know, fight anybody that had this in their top any sort of list because I right. think it was quality enough to surely land on plenty. So uh, big fan of Lana Del Rey. Um, I'm going to transition to an artist or a, say a group that, just came onto the scene, I feel like pretty recent, or not to the scene, but like to the, you know, sort of mainstream, if, if you will, recently. Maybe they're not even as mainstream as I want them to be. Maybe I'm just like, or maybe they're just this reincarnation of what I, you know, being sad that Brock Hampton's gone now. Um, group therapy, bro. I mean, can, yeah. we, can we talk about Fuck group yeah. therapy for a minute? Yeah. Um, there's, their album's incredible. I, yeah. n- why the name of it is now escaping me. I can uh, I was, oh, yes. I was mature. For my age, but I was still a child. Um, probably if you were going to hold my feet to the fire in terms of like album of the year, this is probably top three for me. Yeah, um, nice. The next the next album or the next artist I'll be talking about is probably my favorite album. But again, it could go either way, truthfully, with these two. Um, and there were so many songs I could have picked off here. Um, I really loved America, like the opening track, American Psycho, or like well, technically the opening song. Um mm-hmm. I really, really liked That's My Check. Hot's a great song. I love Peak. Um, uh, Trunkpoppers.com is absolutely just to die for. But my favorite song on this shit is Lightspeed. I I Mm -hmm. could not get enough of that song when I listened to it. That drop is just ridiculous, man. Like, talk about just a moment, right? Um, You know, the build, the slow buildup. I put in the work that heavy, heavy, heavy bass line. And then they just fucking go off in the in the hook, and yeah, it's one of the first songs I hit when I go to the gym. Now it's like I Hell know yeah. that it'll get me moving. So light speed group therapy, I can't say enough about them. They're they're one of my favorite There's... artists I came on to this year. Dude, so fucking talented. I mean, they came on. I came on to them this year as well. I don't know. I haven't listened to any music prior to this album. They're Same. so fucking talented. They definitely fill that Brockhampton void, but in a very different way. Like they're definitely their own thing. Um, right. I didn't mean to. Yeah, I didn't mean to make that like, comparison. I, I'm not saying they're the same. Trust. So please don't. Yeah. Anybody that's <laughs> listening, don't jump. They're like, what the hell? They're not like Brockhampton. Right, I'm just right. saying, like, they kind of fill that void for me. They do. They. I. I agree with that. Come at me if you want <laughs> in the comments. I mean, they do. But they definitely have their own sound. They're in the way I would say they're similar to Brockhampton is that when every artist comes onto a track they make that track their own and they're exactly. able to sort of like, kind of like just take it over and do something really dope with it and different. Brockhampton was always fantastic at that. And group therapy is great at that too. And I'm excited yeah. to hear more music from them. same. And they, and I feel like too, off that point, they all have their own sort of lane, but they, but they all are versatile still. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they all still have like, they, you know, I think I think the girl, the 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 singer, the girl, but she also raps a bit on this song. I think her name's Jada Grace. Like, she kind of does like more of a somber, like you know, almost hip hop sort of delivery here. But then she can kind of sing, not kind of, she definitely can sing on other songs. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. like cool. She almost reminds me of like Kevin Abstract in that sense, where like he could have different sort of versatile 
you know, moments on the albums, but like still bring like that different sort of diverse piece of a song that kind of make, like you said, like makes it their own. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I'm enamored with them. I can't wait to hear more. And this one's certainly getting a ton of uh, replay value for me. Nice. Nice. I need to go back to it more often. I haven't gone back to it as much as of late. It was a good, I was listening to a lot. I think it was like late summer. Um, yes. My next track is some pop punk, uh, Jeff Rosenstock, uh, okay. off of his last album, Hell Mode, which I really, really fuck with because I fuck with pop punk and I fuck with Jeff Rosenstock. And the track is called Future is Dumb. Um, it's it's like the instrumental is what you would expect from pop punk. Uh, but he's kind of just like, he's like very introspective as a dude. He's kind of like losing faith in there being a tomorrow, given all the crap that goes on in the world. And I find the third verse especially powerful. He's talking about like, you know, it's weird that we've become numb to like a bunch of shit that we should be afraid of and like, asking the listener like oh do you still think about tomorrow like are you not just burnt out about it because like damn we got like more of this shit so it's kind of like you know has like a little bit of um a tongue-in-cheek sort of like doom essence to it but in the same way like it almost like songs like that almost feel uplifting especially against like a pop punk instrumental because he's like at the refrain or towards the closer of the song, he's kind of screaming over and over that like the world just doesn't owe you anything. And to me, like, you know, a lot of people could take that as like very like um, down into dumps, but in a way I find it kind of uplifting to sort of acknowledge things like that, to acknowledge the fact that like, yeah, I mean like shit's fucked up and like, you know, there's not much you could do about it. And like, obviously the world is just going to throw shit at you, but like, it's kind of good to know that that's the case because it can make you sort of, go through life with uh, sort of like a clearer head, you know, totally. a clearer understanding. So I fuck with Jeff Rosenstock. I think the album Hell Mode, that made my top 10 as well. I think it's like nine or eight or something like that. Uh, highly suggest. Cool. I Definitely another one I can't wait to check out. Um, I can't believe I only have three songs left. This is great. This has been such a great conversation, by the way. I really so thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this a lot. Um, all right. So um, I might be a basic white girl right here, but I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> Um, Dominic Fike, man, I have been a huge fan of Dominic Fike for a long, long time. Really? Yes, very much. He's so. been out for that long. Uh, yeah, three nights. I think believe that song came out, and I want to say 2015. So he's been like kind of active for almost almost a decade now. Oh wow! Um, let me I just, just quickly... got hip to him because of Euphoria. No kidding. Right, that's right. Because that was well, that's why everybody knows him now because of Euphoria. Um, maybe I'm wrong about, maybe it's only 2018 if I'm not mistaken. So maybe he's actually only been around for five years. So maybe it's felt longer than it really has been, Mm -hmm. but either way, um, his new album, Sunburn, probably my favorite album. If you're going to hold my feet to the fire, no pun intended, but cause I think there's just so many great songs on it. Um, but there's a song on there called seven hours that is just gorgeous. Like I, I love the, the writing is incredible. I love just more like the stripped back acoustic sort of uh, vibe that he's going with, but it's really the vocal performance for me on, for him, like the range he shows the sentiment in his voice. Like I really just feel that pain. Like he puts me there. I, I I'm almost picturing like him being next to this girl in a dark lit room on a couch in the living room with the TV on late at night at 2 a.m. And they're just kind of in this weird flux. Like I, I feel it. I, I'm, I, he puts me there and I just, I just, again, I think his vocal performance on this is great. There's some more upbeat songs that are a little bit more fun 
and you know, just great tunes on this album that I maybe could have chosen. But like from a sentimental standpoint, like I, I just adore this song. And he's really one of my favorite artists um, right now, has been for a number of years. I wouldn't say he's like my favorite favorite, but he's t- certainly in the conversation. And um, yeah, what really pulled it away for me was that Peach feature on that Kevin Abstract mm. song from old, from years ago. Um, and then I feel like his album a few years ago was like really, really incredible. Um, and this one, I think definitely had a different sort of vibe to it and a different sort of take, um, than what could possibly go wrong, but I still, it still lived up to a lot of expectations I have for Dominic Fike at this point in his career. So yeah, seven hours by Dominic Fike, one of my top three songs of the year. Nice. Nice. I need to revisit the album because I listened to it in passing didn't really dive as deep into it a lot of people do talk about dominant fight though i'm excited to go back to it um yeah love those sentimental tracks um i'm at my bottom two my final two not my bottom two necessarily i don't know where these rank um this next song honestly was just an excuse to have beyonce and kendrick on the list america has a problem beyonce featuring kendrick the the remix um so a little bit of cheating the album Renaissance came out in 2022, but the Kendrick remix version came out this year. Also, it's fine. Uh, shout out the Renaissance film. I did a TikTok on this recently, but I suggest going and seeing it or if it gets on streaming, watching it because it, it was really dope and Beyonce's performance was really good and Kendrick does make a feature in it as well. Um, the Kendrick versus Fire, like all Kendrick versus Kendrick's my favorite rapper, so I just needed him here. Um, I love the Fair even enough. AI got to practice cloning Kendrick as a fire bar because that kind of came out in the time where people were kind of talking about that whole AI thing and like, oh, is it gonna, you know, make music obsolete? Is Drake and The Weeknd are they over? And I'm like, you know, probably not because of the artist. I think I think personally, it's just gonna push artists to put out more unique music that can't just like be copied. Um, I agree. And then obviously Beyonce is out here carrying where her vocals, Beyonce is doing Beyonce things. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to have that Kendrick verse included on this list because I think it's a fantastic one. Respectable choice. Two of the biggest artists in the world, truthfully, and two of the most influential. So I, I can't knock that whatsoever. Uh, great song as well. Definitely like that song. Um, all right. Yeah. My last two or my second to last one, uh, an artist that I've liked for a while, but now I love him. Now his album just like it just went over the top for me. Genesis Owosu. Nice. Freak Boy. Dude, I this hook, I cannot I can't get enough of it. It's it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like how much I play this song just to wait for that build to the to the hook. I know you wanna. I know you wanna. And I'm like, yeah, I wanna. I wanna do that <laughs> hook. <laughs> and I just love how he's like, you know, talking about, you know, I love the hook, like in terms of Lyrically, like, I want to tell him just like you, you know, uh, faking everything that you do. Like, it's almost like, you know, a, a conversation of like, you don't let, really listen to whatever anyone else tells you or like what they say. Like, some people aren't as true to themselves or true to what they're actually talking about as they might appear. And it sort mm-hmm. of almost felt like a underlying sort of discussion about like social media and all that sort of stuff. Um And then sort of like talking to these people that are always, you know, we all people like this in our lives that are super cynical about they just hate the world and they have that victim mentality and stuff like that. And I just feel like he's trying to tell people to either not have that attitude or have that mindset. Or if you're around people that constantly have that mindset, stay away Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be around people that hate everything that they do. 
you mm-hmm. want to be around people that are going to fill your cup and that fill their own cup truthfully. So yeah, I, I there's a lot of songs on this album that I could have list that I could have picked. Uh, I really like the old man. I really like tied up and that's life, a yeah. swamp, um, stay blessed. There's a million, really uh, not a million is only a handful. There's a lot of really good songs on this project. Um, but Freak Boy just felt like, again, talking about, you know, I'm sounding like a broken record right now, but that sort of cinematic sound, um, mm-hmm. I was just, I love this. I love this song. I love this album. And it, it got so much replay value for me Hell yeah. um, since it's been out. Yeah. Fire album. Such a great album. So I haven't good. listened to it enough, honestly. Yeah. I love Ugh. Genesis. So I should have went back to it more. I really, so really, really liked Smiling With No Teeth. Uh, so yeah yeah I believe, weirdly enough i felt like i liked this album better it's fair i think they're they're kind of uh they're like two sides of the same coin in a way like they're very they're like super different but they like he he brings his thing i feel like i don't know what it is that genesis does but he does it really well on both of these albums i i don't know how to describe it but he's same. just so fucking versatile he's yeah. ridiculously versatile and that's really why it makes it hard to like really like express my appreciation for what he does. Cause he does so many different things. Right. Like, I don't even know how to categorize him. Like, I guess he's like an alternative out like artist, mm-hmm. but like, is he, I don't really know. Like I don't, you, right. you could spend all day here debating about what genre he's in mm-hmm. when he's just yeah. sitting there laughing, going, <laughs> he's so exactly fucking the conversation talented. I want you people to have. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. He's so, so fucking talented. Yeah. Um, totally. last song on my list, not necessarily number one or any, I don't know. Uh, probably top 10, but, uh, Tyler, the creator, dropped the estate sale, one of the best EPs of the year. And I think Dogtooth the, deserves a mention. Um, Great song. I think outside of the fact that it was like popping on social media because of the whole, she could ride my face, I don't want nothing in return. I thought that was dope. <laughs> but I love Call Me If You Get Lost was my album of the year in 2021, I believe. And I appreciate Tyler taking that victory lap, being braggadocious, but also kind of throwing a little bit of introspection there. And I think he just kind of extends that further on this ep and i think every song is a quality inclusion to that fantastic album it's my favorite tyler album and interesting i just think this song is just like a really great song included into that sort of package and one of the best eps of the year i love what he said in an interview how you know people are already clamoring for more music from him i'm glad he dropped the cp but i know Mm -hmm. he was saying like about a year ago he's like i'm still promoting call me if you get lost like I don't know what you guys are like sitting here. Like this is this is the body of work that like it needs to still be heard because I feel like not enough people still have heard it yet. Mm. And I feel like I love his just his mentality of just I am going to walk to the beat of my own drum and you cannot no industry person can tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And I just respect that so much from Tyler and how he'll he's never made the same album twice. You can't say yeah, that about a lot of a true. lot of artists. He's never made the same album twice. Personally, I'm a flower boy guy, but like I, hear, I respect honestly. That. Yeah, seriously though, I can respect the call me if you get lost. I can respect anybody liking any of his albums as his top, maybe minus like Cherry Bomb. Like yep. I don't know if there's a great, you know, um I don't know if there's a great argument for Cherry Bomb, but any other album, yeah, cool with me. I'm not yeah. gonna argue with you enjoy I it fucking yeah flower boy is so fucking good i just call me if you get lost just caught me in that perfect moment in that life it's always yeah it's all it's oftentimes so situational too sure. when it comes to love and music it. like oftentimes it just catches you at that right moment and it just yeah. like you kind of like sort of like just intersect and it it like it got you you know sure. like flower boy i wasn't in that moment even though i really loved it uh but call me if you get lost i was just about it um and i thought i think igor is fantastic as well i think tyler is just special 
I think I've he seen really him live is. twice and he was special like watching oh. like he's just he's just special dude saw him at Boston Calling his set his like the actual set itself like what he was able to do like in terms of building a world was unlike anything I've ever seen mm. it was yeah truly special is, is a great word for it um, my last song so believe it or not, we didn't do year-end lists last year, which I was really sad about because we were transitioning to the new studio and it just there was so much going on. And by the time I feel like I had sat down to breathe, it was March and I was like, no one really cares anymore. So I decided to not do lists. But the last time I did a year-end list, believe it or not, my number one song was from Jungle. And this year, oh. my number one song is from Jungle again. I can't believe it, but like it is my most one of my most played songs of the year. It was actually became in second to pretty, but I just feel like as a song, it's just better. I'm talking about Candle Flame with Eric, mm-hmm. the architect, who is from Flatbush Zombies. I'm a big fan of Flatbush Zombies. Um, and again, another another collaboration where I was like, how is this going to work? I don't know. Is Flatbush Zombies, Eric, Ark- Eric, I'm mean, still call him Eric Ark- Elliott sometimes. Eric, the architect on Jungle, like, is that really going to work? And... Sure enough, it it really did. I mean, and really more than I had thought it would. Um, it's just upbeat. It's fun. It's catchy. It's like, it's just the perfect sing-along song. And as most of their songs are, they're layered. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're pop enough, but also soulful enough. Like they just, they're jazzy. You know, they just they hit every sort of like chord and every sort of check every box for what I look for in like, a song that I can just like really feel mm-hmm. and for whatever reason they they make that type type of music for me and this song right. was the epitome of that for me this year candle flame jungle Eric Arc the Eric the architect just awesome stuff legendary stuff for me oh yeah love jungle jungle's so dope oh incredible man I just I I can't get enough of of them like i don't i don't know what it is about their their music for me like the way in which they produce like i I love that they're like collaborating with more artists now like it's it's cool it's cool to see um you know i really i really have loved their stuff for a number of years now um that keep moving song from 2021 was like Mm. a gem for me so yeah Yeah. jungle once again making making the top of a list for me even though we definitely didn't go in order here so yeah if you're like, oh, he's at the top. Don't worry about it. We just we went out of order. We just had a conversation. It is what it is. You guys don't really care about the the order <laughs> as long as long as they're all in the list playlist for you to listen to. So make sure you drop. You know, if if, if you're still with us, thank you for stay, uh, still tuning in. Um, we're gonna drop the playlist link in the description for you guys to check out all of these songs. And of course, listen. This is just our opinion. So. We'd love to hear from you. Drop your favorite songs. This is to be 23 songs, right? If you want to, go for it. But drop us a comment. What are some of your favorite songs this year? We'd love to, you know, you know, check out what you guys are listening to because of course, this is totally a subjective conversation. So we want to hear from you guys. And Frankie, I can't thank you enough for being here, man. This is like so much better than me talking by myself to the wall. So I really appreciate right. having you here and I'm walking away with some new music myself, so this is fantastic and I just appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate what you do as a creative and I just can't wait to continue to see what you do. And hopefully we get to meet someday in person because this was a lot of fun. Most likely, man. I appreciate you um, bringing me onto the platform. I appreciate you reaching out. Um, I love talking about music and 
having the opportunity to do that for like two hours and just gush about like my 20 favorite songs of the years. It's just like a fucking great time. So I'm really happy to be here. I uh, love talking to music with people who are just equally passionate about it. So, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd do it all again. Well, yeah, maybe we'll have to make it a yearly thing then. Don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Careful what you wish for because I might be hitting you up for a mid-year or, uh, you know, end of the year next year. So It won't hurt. I, I don't think it would either. Uh, Frequency Studios, everybody, make sure you follow them on TikTok. Link is in the description. And if you are a fan of Frequency Studios, just coming on to us for the first time, you can follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram and TikTok. Our website is turntableteachers.com. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube or if you are listening on audio, make sure you uh, subscribe there as well. Uh, Once again, I'm Mike. That's Frankie with the Turntable Teachers. Graduation 2023 and class is officially dismissed. (laughs) 